Welcome you to the sports kingdom. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachalki. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? I'm trying to bring it a little extra tonight because my <laughs> my partner's playing injured. Yeah, I'm playing injured tonight. Uh, I broke my hand last night. I uh, won't go into the details of how it happened, but uh, I, I do need surgery. So uh, it's looking like I'm going to be on the mend. He, for... fought, he fought a Bengal tiger <laughs> last night. <laughs> exactly. That, that's my story, and I'm and sticking won. to it. Uh, but I do need surgery, so I'll be on the mend for about four to six weeks. So, uh, hey, me and Rondo got something in common. Classic. But before we start, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at The Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show. Check us out on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK Show. Or just download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We have a great episode for you right now. So much happened over the weekend in the world of sports. Tyler is going to recap UFC Fight Night 143. So we're going to dip back into the world of MMA and uh, mixed martial arts and fighting. So that that should be fun. Yes, uh, we obviously have to go over both the NFC and AFC Championship games as both those games are going to be ones that are talked about for quite some time. Uh, Tyler and I are going to go back and forth in the two-minute drill in an off-season edition of uh, one of our favorite football segments. Well, not really off-season, but you get what I mean. For us. Yeah. Uh, To close the show, though, we're going to discuss some hoops like we always do in the starting five. But I think we just we got to just address the elephant in the room and start with the the conference championship games. First of all, I don't think these are going to be games everyone remembers. I think the the Rams <laughs> game will be the one everyone remembers. Well, yeah. I mean, hey. Now, the Chiefs game will be remembered, but it's not going to be the same. No, not it won't be the same. Not not on the same, not on the same plane. But it is a young Mahomes versus an old Brady, so that will be like something to look back on, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I I'm sure Mahomes took a lot from from that game. No, yeah, the Patriots Chiefs game. I mean, it was it was great. It was an overtime game. Um, it gave us everything we wanted to, but ultimately they did what they needed to do. Patriots are the Patriots. Brady's going to his ninth Super Bowl. Yeah, it's um, insane. Belichick's going to his ninth Super Bowl. Uh, the Patriots. What what can you say? No one's really you. You want to be surprised, but you're not really surprised at all. No, I mean, listen, I was one of those people who, when they lost to Detroit and when they lost to Tennessee, I said they were done. I counted both, them both out. Those, both those teams were coached by expatriates. Exactly. So uh, I thought that uh, maybe someone had figured Bill Belichick and the Patriots out. But lo and behold, they have proved us all wrong once again. They're smarter than everybody else. They prepare better than everybody else. Um, that's, what they, that's what they're good at. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, not. I mean, I guess we'll we'll get into it now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they are. And and I don't think I think everyone's got this twisted. It's because the one thing is is like the Rams are the one like fans you shouldn't talk to about this because thirty one out of thirty two teams are going to feel a certain way about this. Hundred percent. It's not like the Rams won't, would like be the nice person like call the penalty you know what I yeah mean? no so in, in that sense it's just like Nic- obviously the rams are going to take what they can get you know what i mean it's not the rams fault right what sucks about it is that the loss of opportunity for the saints it's well, not the rams fault but it's the ref's fault well hold, no hold on hold on hold on it's not just the ref's fault that m- missed pi call was not the only missed opportunity the Saints had. No, but that's the one that's rememberable and the one that's obvious. But why go? F- but be- then why go? Why go for the field goal in the first quarter after the interception? Well, here, here's my thing: is there's missed call. There's another thing that I, there's like missed calls every play. So Did like you- missing a call is not the missing a call is not the uh, the crazy part about all of this. That's not the that's not the uh, the the most important like thing to focus on it's just the the timing 
of it all, the stakes of it all, the situation in the game, and the and how obvious it was. And, and it's just if it's third and ten, the Rams just use their second timeout. Yeah. If they make this call, you know, obviously nothing's certain, but ninety nine percent the Saints are winning that game. They're, and they're 90, clocking it out. And then on the next possession, ninety nine percent, if that face mask gets called. The Rams are on no, the one. Yard, the Rams what, are on the one yard line with a new set of downs, and realistically, they probably score a touchdown and go up four points with twenty three seconds left to go in the game. Yeah, and like I said, there's there's missed calls all over the place, but that's not one that there's a reason why no one's talking about that call because it didn't have the same implications. Yeah, it was a missed call, and we could go back and forth all day, but it's not the Rams' fault. It's not. It's it's the Saints were robbed an opportunity. But they had so many other opportunities in the game to no, put the game away, and they I, didn't. No, but they but they didn't. But they didn't deserve to not get the call. They should. The call should have been made. Regardless, well, the, the call should have been made not, on the face. Mask. I'm not necessarily saying that they they should have won. I mean, they should. I personally do think they should have won. But you know, there. I get, I get what you're saying. There's a lot of opportunities throughout the game. You can't just put point it on one play. I think. But everyone feels like this because. The Saints should have gotten that play and should have went on to win the game. I think any time before that, there's still a lot of time left in the game. There's still timeouts. There's still great teams. There's, things can still happen. That one play meant the most. Okay, but regard. Okay, regardless of the plays that happened in regulation. Yeah. The Saints had the opportunity to win the game in overtime by no, winning no, the that, coin. And that's why I say toss. the Rams did everything they need to do. They won. Like they won the game. They ha- they It wasn't their fault, but that but that's the turning point. That's the play. Well, overtime doesn't matter. You know what I mean at that point. I just don't think one, one after that play and they kicked the field goal, the field goal didn't really matter. I think that that was the missed opportunity. That was the most important play of the game. Listen, I think I think LZ Granderson and, said it best. And it's a, it's just unfortunate that it ends like that. That's not how you want it. You don't feel like you lost, if that makes you know, if that makes any sense. No, it, it makes sense. But you just happen to be on the side of the team that's playing it. You, you know, like I said, thirty-one out of thirty-two teams think I think feel the same way. Okay, now tell me what you think of this this comment by Elsie Granderson, blaming the outcome of a of a football game on a single call is like blaming a cupcake for making you fat. It doesn't help the situation, but a whole lot happened before that. No, that's that's not true. Because that's just, I mean, that's just not, that that sounds good, but I just don't agree with that at all. It, you can point to one play. Well, you, you can point to one missed call. Yeah, there there you can play the what-if game all the way down. But like I said, there and there are missed calls all the time, but there are certain plays during the game that finish it off and, like, the game's over there. You're clocking it out. It's done. If the call's made, the game's done. Well, then why was Breeze throwing the ball? They should have ran the clock out. They were well because they were in field goal range already. They were trying to get a first down. It I was, don't know. It was the third down. It was third and ten. They missed. Yeah. They missed that call. They kicked the field goal, and you know that that's history. Yeah, I, yeah. it just sucks. I just think that, I think the Saints. But I'm not. I'm not going to be salty for the Rams. It's not like the Rams don't deserve it. I just it, I feel bad for the for the Saints, especially coming off the uh, the Minnesota play last year. Well, and I think the biggest difference um, I think the biggest difference between last year and this year was last year was their actual mistake. Like no, they, that's, the team they made feel way better about that one for sure. <laughs> like they feel a million times better. You don't feel you know if you were if it was on the reverse side of it all, you would you would be mad. About oh, that. I'd be going ape shit. But that's that's how it is. That's like I said. 30, but that's the Rams, but that's sports. The Rams, rightfully so, you know, you, you don't have to like gripe about it because why would you? No. Um, you're gonna take what you can get, and uh, a Super Bowl appearance appearance takes a lot of things to fall into place. For sure, it's a lot of talent and a lot of luck. That's, Listen, that's how it always. The goes. Rams, the Rams went all in in this offseason, and the it Saints worked. Should, the Saints did everything they needed to do, and they and so that's why there's a bad taste in everybody's mouth right now about. I'm it sure, all. and and everybody, you know, everybody's already skeptical of the NFL <laughs> and refing and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So just, I mean, it's listen, a compound fracture. I think you know, no, it's, it's way to way to add insult to injury right it, there with a the compound bad. fracture it, in my hand. It's bad. Uh, someone was talking. Uh, 
about like the integrity of the game, and that's where that's what you definitely don't want slipping away. Oh, the the Saints owner. The Saints well, yeah, owner, which I think is extremely rare for an owner to step in and criticize the refs. Espe- well, especially, especially in a conference championship game. Um, well, and especially when the owners and the NFL as a league have such a great re- relationship, and the owners usually take the league side. The league is the the league. The thirty-two league owners is the league. Exactly. They make all the decisions. Exactly. Roger Goodell is like their the the puppet for them. Their their face of the franchise, if you will. Yeah. Uh, they make all the calls. So yeah, he's basically criticizing his group of peers um, for you know the ref the refing and. Rightfully so. You just always wonder, do you know, does the NFL want certain teams doing certain things? It's it's weird. You never know. But I mean listen I don't think now I'm not I'm <laughs> not someone that's like stay, You're not someone who believes that. I'm not someone that's like stay woke, they wanted the Rams in there. For LA Boston reasons. Yeah. Yeah, for whatever reason. Because I think the Saints are just as marketable if oh, not for more, sure. You know, like it's not like the Rams. It's not like there was uh it was the Rams, Rams and in the in like some team out of you know some team that just didn't equal up to the Saints. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a small market basketball team. It wasn't the Milwaukee Bucks, <laughs> you know, or something like that. Uh, yeah. So Listen, I mean, that's what I have to say about that. I mean, I, I do understand where Rams Rams have all the you have all the excuses, like you said. It's like well, they're not excuses. To, it, well, it's hard to. I mean, that that's why it's like it's hard to put it on one play, but there's missed calls throughout every single play, every game. Um, but still, I think. It's but just, when one is such a such an egregious missed call as this, well, and it, it, yeah, well. Yeah, it was a really bad call. It wasn't like it was a close call. Well, and that's Nik- another issue. Nikel like, Roby Coleman in the locker room even said, "Like, yeah, I had to had to foul him." Basically, if he, he would have turned his head around, he could have picked the ball. He had plenty easily, of time in the, in easily. The air. It was a bad play. I mean, it, he, it was a bad defensive play. It was it was a penalty, and it was an easy one to call. I think high school refs, you know, would call that. Yeah. Um, well, I that's mean, that's another reason a, why he, there's a bad taste in people's. Roby Coleman was expecting the flag; it just never came. If that happens in the first quarter, no one gives a shit. No, obviously not. You know, but the stakes and everything—it's and the time and the down and distance and all that. So you're you're of the belief that you can single out a single play or a single moment where that moment or that play changes the outcome in football and baseball. Yeah, I am of the belief. Basketball is tough. Well, Basketball is a little tougher. Uh, maybe you know under five seconds yeah right because it's like hey it, you know if it's a tie game under five seconds and you take one play away yeah but usually uh, usually i would be on your side but in this case it's like i feel like the saints had so many other opportunities to put their their foot on the the ram's throat and just yeah stomp could, them out and, well and they could have won in overtime and all that uh that's not i don't think that's necessarily the point the point is is if you don't call that that's a win right there for sure you know but listen, it's not the first time a controversial call has sent a team to the no. Super Bowl. It won't be the last. No, tuck rule was a big one. Oh, that, mean, t- t- this is that. The, that's where I see that. But that's where you're at. This is no, that's what this game is. Is the because, tuck rule game because this is probably going Damn. to lead to an offseason change where every play is revealed. Where penalties like pi and things like that, things of uh, things of personal foul nature. Yeah. can be reviewable to see if yeah. the ref got it wrong. No, I mean, there's some shit's going to be said, that's for sure. <laughs> People are pissed. Yeah, no, definitely. But the Rams are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. The Patriots are in the Super Bowl. We have yeah. L.A. versus Boston. Yep. That's why I def- I definitely don't take it away from the Rams. They're they're just the beneficiary yes. of the issue. Yes. But listen, you, you And like I said also, it takes a lot of skill and luck to get to the Super Bowl. And you can you really can't take away anything from the Rams based off of the season they had. And they went all in on in the no, offseason. That, that's you're exactly right. If it wasn't a team that was like less deserving, right. You know, it would it would be even worse. But it's not like people aren't mad at the Rams because they're not they shouldn't be in there. Let's say the Ra- let's say the enough. Ravens somehow ended up in the AFC Championship game against the Patriots and the same thing happened. Yeah, you would feel that would like even you'd feel even worse. But no, the Rams are the Rams are the the Rams are in the Super Bowl. Um, they're they're a good young team, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're gonna have a full Super Bowl preview next week uh, for you guys, since obviously this is the week in between the Pro Bowl is this weekend, and no one really gives a shit about that. I know it's too bad. I've I have such fond memories of the Pro Bowl. <laughs> 
Yeah, you talked you talked about him last year. Yeah. Uh, this time last year yeah. on the show. Always. Um, but yeah, so uh, we're gonna take a break from football real quick. Uh, Tyler wanted to recap UFC Fight Night 143 yeah. from this past weekend. I just felt like uh, I wa- well, I watched I watched the whole card. I did not get a chance uh, to watch the card. I was and, working that night, and uh, there was three. There was at least three good headlines. I thought so. I thought, why not? Fuck it, let's talk about them. All right, let's do it. And what uh, do you got for us? The first one is like you know one of the um, one of the opening fight. I think it was the second fight of the card. But uh, uh, Paige Von Sant, who is... Oh, she's fine. <laughs> I was about to say, she's universally known as like the most attractive... UFC fighter. UFC fighter. Oh, she is... Man or female. Gorgeous. Uh, people, yeah, she's, uh, she's and she, definitely pretty, but she, she just fight. Is, she just came back from injury, too. So that was why I thought it was a good one, is um, she broke her arm last January, so this is a full calendar year since the last time she fought. Yep. She obviously lost that fight in which she broke her arm. Yeah. Um, so I, the, I think I watched that fight if so i remember correctly she, you know she came in um she was emotional for it to start just because you know coming back from an injury is always tough in sports uh she made her way back she won by submission in the second round oh good shit and, there you uh, go she was pretty emotional for her. after the win as well so she's back in the mix now love it um coming off a win um the main event the main event um was really why i wanted to watch the fight uh, one of the big draws is because I think TJ Dillashaw is one of the pretty uh, big best, name. I think he's one of the best fighters in the world, uh, just pound for pound in general, especially coming off of a win against Cody Garbrandt, who everybody was super high on. Yeah, I mean, in, including me, I thought Cody was going to win. Yeah. Um, to get to take Cody's belt, actually. So Dillashaw lost ten pounds to fight Henry Cahedo, um in flyweight, so he's down ten pounds. Um, but it was a, it was a weird fight. It was done in 32 seconds. Wow. I think it was set and Dillashaw lost. That's like a rousy fight. Dillashaw lost in 32 seconds. I think I saw that it was the uh the fifth fastest fight in UFC history. That's crazy. Um just a knockout in 32 but it, seconds? But it was controversial. No, it was controversial. Uh, especially to me, because I thought they called the fight way too early. Oh. Uh Uh-oh. basically Cahedo had like position and was it was knocking him. Um, he was striking him in the face, it, but the ref. I thought TJ was still wrestling. I thought he was still moving around. I thought he was still like aware and defending himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did get knocked a couple times, so you know it was understandable. But I thought he was he kept moving, and he looked fine after the fight. TJ was pissed. He felt like he was still going. You oh, know, geez. like he was. He was. He stood up immediately. He questioned it immediately. Yeah, so he was probably um, going nuts. And then uh, Henry wants to fight. TJ now at 135. Dillashaw didn't look very interested in that. Um, what did they fight at for this fight? They fought at 125, and it was so TJ could try and take Cahedo's belt. Oh. And hold two belts. Oh, trying um, to become a champ champ like uh, Connor. Like Connor and DC. And so, um, yeah, so he was trying to grab two belts, but um, he ended up missing out. So I think he was really pissed. And now I don't think he's going to want to, you know, waste the time to do that again. Well, especially if he's going to have to move up in a weight and class. And he's definitely not going to want to fight him at 135 and lose his belt and give the dude two belts. You know? Yeah, no. So um, that was the headliner fight. And now, to me, what was the main event, but it was the co-main event, was Greg Hardy's oh. UFC debut. How did that go? So this was his, just to give you a little background on this, um, in October 2016 is when he announced he would start fighting. Right. And Greg, so, Har- and for, ex- for those that don't know, Greg Hardy played in the NFL. He was on the Dallas Cowboys. He was an all-pro defensive lineman. He was, a, he was an all-pro defensive lineman. And, and a scary man. Then he was... Uh, Riddled with off, uh, off-field issues. Yeah. And, and locker room issues. That Viol- is, violence was always in the mix. Some of these off-field issues include domestic violence, domestic, guns, yeah. and I mean, a couple dude, other things. This dude is, is he's a uh, bad he's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, he he's in the worst way possible. Yeah, th- and uh, so like you know, not very long ago he ch- starts training to fight. Right. Never fought before in his life. Um, he made his he made his amateur debut 13 months after he announced he was going to start fighting, um, and then. By April of last year, he made his pro debut. Wow. So uh, he was fast-tracked into the pro. I mean, he was a pro athlete already, so he He already has an edge. Got to skip a lot of steps. Striking, I'm sure he didn't spend a lot of time on. Basically, 
has been trying really, to get wrestling and yeah, he needs to work on so. grappling and ground game. Uh, but uh, he made his uh, he's fought three times, three and zero, all under a minute, all by knockout. Um, so he's walking into his UFC de- debut, three and zero, a knockout king, and um, it just went as bad as it could possibly have gone for Greg Hardy. Basically, the worst case scenario. Outside of just getting complete, well, actually, no, this probably is worst case scenario because even getting beat up would have been better than this. Um, but he was DQ'd in the second round uh, for an illegal strike on a vulnerable opponent. So it basically showed that he didn't know what he was doing. He was inexperienced. And it was a really, really dangerous knee to to the head. No, oh, geez. Um, so it looked really bad. It looks really like he just saw a chance to fuck a dude up and, and he and, did it. Yeah, and it's. Um, because of his background, he's going to be lucky if he gets another shot. He probably will get another shot, but they already gave him the co-main event at 3-0, and which is like, they don't really do that, no. I don't think. You know, like, he was already given a little more shine, and to go down as off a of DQ, it's just, it sucks. I, I feel bad for the guy, even though I probably shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, no one really feels but, bad. I mean, the ref was disgusted. I've never seen a ref react to, a, like, a, a fighter like wow. that before it was crazy i mean look at the end of the day he's he's working to working th- hard to try and accomplish something and yeah i and dana white um uh, defended him pretty well on first take i thought um basically just saying that he's done everything he needed to do as a person um in the last couple of years and when he's been in contact with the ufc so he wanted to give him his opportunity it just sucks that his it looks it, really bad now it's gonna yeah, be hard it just to sucks the way him. it turned out it's gonna be hard to defend him so yeah that was a. Uh, that was Fight Night 143. It was a good one. I, I had fun watching it. Um, All right. Two shot. It, it ended in shock. Um, started out happy for Paige. Ended up uh, disappointed for Greg Hardy and in shock for Dillashaw. TJ Killashaw. Oh. All right. Well, thank you for that. Yes, sir. Uh, we will dabble back into the UFC yeah. uh, soon. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to go back to the gridiron as yeah. uh, Tyler and I like to do so. Uh, we're going to go through and go back and forth in the two-minute drill. All right, let's do it. Uh, I'm going to start. So Let me get this timer going. Well, you don't really need a timer for this one. It's, right. it's more of a guessing game for you. Right. So when Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta opened in 2017, the stadium was very adamant about having fan fen- fan-friendly concession prices. With Atlanta being the site of the Super Bowl this year, many thought that the prices for the concessions would go up because of the nature of the Super Bowl game and how how much money is spent on tickets. And yeah, this is like the Angel Stadium. Yeah, I want you to take a few guesses at how much you think fans are going to pay for some of these concessions gonna, on Super Bowl Sunday. All right. How much do you think fans are going to pay for a refillable soda? Three bucks. Two dollars. Two bucks. Two bucks. Two bucks. I, I saw some of this. Oh, you did? Yeah, Damn so it. I'm trying to remember. Damn it. But no, this shit's crazy. Keep going. <laughs> All right, how much do you think fans are going to uh, pay for a hot dog? The hot dog was four bucks? No, it's $2. $2. There we go. How much do you think fans are going to pay for a draft domestic beer? Five bucks. Five bucks on the dot. Yep, five bucks, which is crazy. I mean, I remember when I went to... Angel Stadium, they had a can of beer for five fifty. That was the cheapest beer I'd ever seen. Yeah, but this is draft. Yeah. So. Yeah, no. no even that's better. What, that's what I mean. Upgrade. And, All right. And cheaper. Yeah. All right. How much do you think fans are going to pay for a cheeseburger? Five bucks. Yep. Five bucks. Yeah. The most expensive thing is um, chicken strips and fries. Well, that was my next one. How much? How much are they going to pay? Six bucks for chicken strips and fries. Yeah. How crazy is that? Yeah, no, it's. I think it's just cool. I Shout mean, out Atlanta. The refillable stadium. It. The only thing that it is cool, no matter what. The only thing is, is like most of the people afford uh, the Super Bowl can afford expensive concessions but it's still nice to do well yeah i mean but this is also not just for the super bowl this is for every single event that's why they get the the love is because they do it every game yeah Uh, well not just every game it's any event that goes on at the stadium yeah oh okay yeah that's why i mean nfl would be the most anyway so if it's cheap at the nfl it's got to be cheap everywhere yeah uh, another cool thing, well, not really a cool thing, but about Mercedes-Benz Stadium is they have a Chick-fil-A inside, but 
Boo. It's not open on Sundays. Chick-fil-A is not all that. No, come on, dude. I love Chick-fil-A. I'm not, I'm not down with Chick-fil-A. All right. Well, that was my first question. So. All right. I, I didn't I didn't realize that you had seen that too. So I did. I, I thought it would be funny. I thought, I thought that was really cool to um, that that was their prices throughout the season. Yeah. And I immediately thought of the Angels Stadium. Um, all right. So uh, I've been wanting to talk about this, but I haven't figured out how to throw it in there quite yet. But Kyler Murray uh, is big news. Um, baseball football star from Oklahoma uh, was drafted in the first round of the baseball draft. Could potentially be the first uh, player to be drafted in the first round of both sports. Yep. What do you think he should do? Um, should he should he go play baseball? This should is he such go play football? See, this is such a hard if he does go, question. I mean, I personally don't think he's a first rounder. So, like, that part of that nostalgic, like, being a legend, both, you know, the first one to be drafted in the first round of both sports, I don't think that's going to happen. Here's the thing. He's already got $5 million in the bank. Yeah. Just waiting for him. Yep. So with the five million dollars in the bank, if he chooses to go to baseball, he will likely have to be in the minors for probably three to four years. And that's not a very luxurious life, although he does have five million dollars in the bank. Yeah. And then who knows when he could get called up by the A's, if he gets called up by the A's, if he works out. If you were to get drafted in the first round of the NFL, that contract is slated like by the CBA that yeah. he would get a certain amount of money if he was drafted in a certain position. Yeah. And I mean, people are talking about him as like the number one overall draft pick. Yeah, but the NFL is like money has nothing to do with the NFL. Right. He's getting more the money has like right. He's getting money more money in baseball than football. Even if he was drafted maybe if he was like the number one overall pick. But outside, even if he's drafted 15th overall, he's making more money in baseball. Uh, not initially, though. Not initially. I mean, if he's really, if he's really getting, can ask for the mo- the amount that I've been hearing. Are you talking about the 15 million? Yeah. Because I've heard those that, reports were f- completely false. And I've heard that too. But I've also heard that they stem from something that of some. Well, I mean, listen, know, ballpark. Figure. Listen, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean. The 15 million figure didn't just come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying it's 15 exactly, but if it's anywhere near that number. Well, if it's anywhere near that number and the A's will give it to him, I'm going to baseball. And here's the thing I just think he should go play baseball because football is just not the right, you know, it's such a more physical sport. And it seems to me like he'd play a lot sooner than two or three years in the minors. Seems like they want him to play, you know what I mean? Maybe a year. Or whatever. Yeah, but it's, if they if they're willing to pay him to draw him away from football, the problem the problem with him is because he's not a pitcher, his development track is so hard to predict as an outfielder. Yeah, it's well, isn't he an infielder? I think he plays both infield and outfield. Yeah, but he's not field, he's not stop. a pitcher. Yeah, so it's like the the pitchers are the ones that really get fast tracked through the minors. Yeah, and it's hard to t- and I don't know the kid, so you'd have to know what his favorite sport was, but. I would just not even worry about the NFL, and I'd go. Yeah. I, I, I'm in my head. I, it, I think that he's doing this all to play baseball. He's just marking himself and making himself more valuable. He and really, scaring him away. He should. That's what I, I, think I really that's think what, that's what he should do because that what, will be a huge wake up call to the NFL. That it's like, look, you had a top overall talent, a Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, I just don't choose think baseball is. over football. I just don't. I think he's like second, third round. But look how big. But uh, well, and think about how bad that would be for the NFL. Think about how good that would be for the MLB. Yeah, it'd be great. So, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yep. All right. It really started last season, but there have been question marks if and when Brady and Belichick are going to either ride off into the sunset together separately, or just go their separate ways before both of them retire. Yeah. Belichick is regarded as a hard ass. I mean, come on. We know how the guy coach, how he is as a coach. Is Belichick the last of a dying breed? And will we ever see a team dominate the way the Patriots have over the last 18 years? Mm, I don't know if we'll. It's going to be it's hard to answer that answer to seeing another team do what they've done, because I don't think we'll see a team dominate for 18 straight years like the Patriots have. Yeah, I don't know if I can see 17 out of 18 uh, conference titles like regular season titles. Yeah. Or nine Super Bowl appearances. So probably not. We probably won't ever see that again. 
but I don't think Belichick's the last of a dying breed just because, you know, I think there's other coaches that are, you know, he's just the smartest one right now. He's just the one that figured it out. He understands, like, getting the most out of people's talent. He was kind of the trendsetter. So it's not like younger, you know, just like younger coaches coming in. He was that guy one time. He is a play caller. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not just some old, like, guy that yells at the team, you know, disciplinary guy. He's super smart with, like, his acquisitions, um, how he, you know, how he signs players. He's how methodical. He tra- trades players. He, he gets the most out of players. He only puts players in positions that they're good at. He doesn't, you know, ask them to do anything outside of their, you know, talent abilities, I guess. Um, and I think there's other people that can do that. Just It's just going to be in a different way. You know yeah. what I mean? I think, I think Andy Reid and Drew Brees and Pete Carroll – and those guys are on their way to being him. And then you have young guys, the young coaches in the league that are the hot commodities right now that could be, you know, they could be something like that. They're yeah. just a different version of it. Obviously, it's always going to be different, but when you I, don't said think Drew- he, I don't think he's the last of the dying breed. Okay. When you said Drew Brees, you meant Sean Payton, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right, just making sure. That's funny. I didn't even catch that. <laughs> you said Andy Reid, no. Drew Brees, yeah. and Pete Carroll. Yeah, no, <laughs> normally I would catch that. That's funny. <laughs> But okay, all right. No, I mean, listen. That's it. It's a very we we compare these two franchises all the time, and they're yeah. and and you cross sports. It's the the Patriots and the Spurs, and yeah. I mean, there's questions about pops, uh, pop returning next year. Yeah, yeah. And, and pop just unfortunately doesn't have like the same guy he's had all 20 years. Yeah, man. it's it's a bit of a different story with pop. Just a little bit. I mean, just just because he's at the end, easily, you know, at the transition part, whereas like. The Patriots have had transition parts. They just always, oh, they've been through multiple transitions. They, they just always seem to still win. Yeah. All right. Last question for me, and I'm glad oh, here. You... I got my second question. Oh, my fault. No, we're good. That Sorry was your that. question, not my question. Well, me bringing up the Patriots. Uh, I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Um, the Chiefs fired their defensive coordinator. Uh, do you think this is just a scapegoat mood, or do they really need a new play caller on defense? Is this just like something you have to do because you lost that game? I don't like. I don't know if it, I don't know if them firing I mean, the defensive everyone, coordinator was reactionary to that game itself. Yeah, everyone blamed the defense the whole year because they gave up X amount of points, but it's just like that's the place to how you play. Yeah, they've always had a good defense. The Rams gave up a like, bunch of points this year too, and I think on a play to play basis, you know, they their defense wasn't that terrible. No, I, I don't, didn't think they were necessarily losing them a bunch of games. No, I mean. I didn't think it was I didn't think their defense was that atrocious that they needed to fire their defensive coordinator but what I did find interesting was before we got here to to start recording was I saw uh a little like alert or notification from either ESPN or Bleacher Report I can't remember which but uh apparently Rex Ryan is being looked at Yeah well he runs the same uh the, like the same front the same personnel Yeah. so they wouldn't have to change schemes really yeah, that'd be a nice fit. That'd be awesome. I love Re- big Rex Ryan fan. <laughs> but all right, my last question, and I'm you brought up the the Kyler Murray stuff, which we've been wanting to talk about for mm-hmm. for quite some time, and I'm gonna bring up Cliff Kingsbury, which yeah. I know we've wanted to discuss. So I just really it's simple. What do you make of the whole Cliff Kingsbury situation of being hired by SC, being told he wasn't allowed to interview for NFL jobs once they became available? then being told he was allowed to speak to the NFL teams and then ultimately being hired by the Arizona Cardinals, who, oh, by the way, have the number one overall draft pick in the upcoming draft. Yeah, it's weird. It's just a weird situation. I don't know how these things work, but, I mean, I guess he, you know, Cliff has just as much, you know, freedom as the next guy to accept a job and and quit a job, you know, and move on to a different one as everybody else, and they're not in the same business. No, they're not. It's not really. One's NCAA, one's the NFL. So that's, you know, like Josh McDaniels, like I have more of a problem with what Josh McDaniels did last year. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Like I I, I, I don't have any, like (laughs) Jeff McDaniels told a team in the same conference (laughs) as the Patriots that he was going to coach them. And 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 not just just the same conference, but like a bitter rival that they've. Yeah, and it's not the same thing. We're not. We're not. You know. We're, I'm not saying that they did the exact same thing. Kingsbury, you know, accepted a job in college. Well, what I think I but think is it, most. You know, Kingsbury's not going back to 
you know, Texas Tech. He's yeah. good. He's taking a step up. But like I said, that's I think the bottom line is he has the right to do that. So yeah, I mean, mad at what what I think was the biggest deal of this whole situation was the fact that SC initially didn't allow him to interview for those jobs, and it's like, yo, what? Yeah. Like, how are you gonna say no? Well, I mean, they just hired. They just hired him. They just, you know, marketing marketing him. You know, people are already talking and making plans and all this. But they only that. hired him to be an offensive coordinator. It wasn't like he was the head coach. Yeah, no, I mean, but he was supposed to be the guy that come turn around that offense and yeah. work with JT Daniels and those guys. Yeah. But so, all right, no, that was a good one. Uh, the last one's kind of a fun one. It's just pure speculation. Uh oh. Uh. No, it's just because it's kind of going around, I guess. But do you think Tony Romo wants to be a coach? Oh, I mean, he's absolutely amazing. We've this is not news to us. We we've been on the Tony Romo train. No, he's a great uh, announcer. He knows football. He, I wish he could. I wish he could announce every game because he gives people what like. To me, he gives people the information they want to know, like what's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a he's smart a, he's a pro quarterback guy. that walks up to the line of scrimmage. And knows what's happening, and that's you know what you're seeing on TV. Um, it's I, I love listening to him talk. He's he's so smart. Does he want to be a coach? I don't know if he wants to be a coach. I don't think any. I don't think he really had any sort of aspirations for it. And I don't even know if he still does, even with all the hoopla surrounding it. After him predicting so many different plays yeah. uh, in the AFC Championship game, but. I don't. I don't even know. It might be on his radar now. Yeah. No. I mean, it's like, why would that change his mind though? He's always he's always been able to do this. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? He when he was watching film, he could have done this. If he if he uh, wanted to be a coach, I think he would have made the transition this, when he retired instead of going to the booth. This is why he was a pro quarterback. Is because he had this kind of mind. I mean, when he gets all giddy about stories and he's going to throw this ball, it's because when he walks, when he sees. When he's watching the game, he's looking through the eyes of him walking up to the line of scrimmage as a quarterback, and he, you know, he's looking for all the cues. He, he's yeah. looking for the the mic. He's looking for the free safety. Exactly. You know, he's doing all the things he did as he's a He's doing his checks against and, the defense. And so he's getting excited, like, oh my god, this is this is like snap the fucking ball. This play's open. Yeah. Because that's what he would run, and he knows that like the probability. You know, if he guesses, you know, if it's a smart quarterback, if he's watching. Brady and Breeze and these like really really cerebral guys, then he's gonna call it a lot because they're seeing the same thing he sees. Yeah, for sure. All right, all right. So that is the two minute drill. Yeah. Uh, and now I guess we're gonna we're gonna close the show with uh, with our favorite hoop segment, the starting five. Yep. Tyler had a a slew of topics he wanted to discuss. Yeah. Where do you where do you want to begin? You want to start with Mello? You want to? Uh, yeah, we can talk about Mello. It's kind of it's pretty it's pretty shallow topic. Yeah, I mean it's Carmelo Anthony, so we're so, gonna bring it up. So basically, Houston had to trade him or waive him and get him off the roster to make a make room for Kenneth Fareed, uh, because they just signed him mm -hmm. uh, off of waivers, and they wanted him to play last night. And so they traded Carmelo Anthony to get him <laughs> off the books to the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Uh, they also threw in some cash considerations. Yeah. They, pay, they paid the Bulls to take <laughs> Melo. Exactly. Uh, and in return, Houston got the draft rights to European players that are still in Europe and probably will never, ever make it to the NBA. Yeah. But once again, Melo is on a team that he will not play for. Yeah. Just like the Hawks. Yeah. So begs the question: Who's the better, Carmelo Anthony, Chicago Bulls, Carmelo Anthony, or Atlanta Hawks, Carmelo Anthony? And how do we get those jerseys? Well, I'm sure you can get the jerseys from China. No, I got to get those too. Those are just too good. <laughs> no, you know, if you just got if you got a Chicago and an Atlanta Mellow jersey, you're a fan. I think Atlanta sent him one to like yeah. hang in like his yeah. Yeah, in did. his house or whatever. They did. But what what do you think is going to happen with Mellow? God, I hope he doesn't. I. I think he's gonna end up signing with the Lakers. Fuck, I no, don't, the I, Lake don't, I don't want that to happen. I no, just think that don't even put that energy out there. They, I've, seen I mean, this I've seen this kind of stuff. The Lakers, before. the Lakers. Woj reported yesterday that the Lakers aren't willing to waive a guaranteed contract to make room for Melo, which is good. I hope that's what they're saying. This is very good. I think. I mean, 
I just wish there was somewhere that he could go that wasn't a contender and he'd be happy, but that's That's not, not gonna happen. I just don't see any contenders that are gonna want to take him on. Does it he just doesn't really maybe uh maybe New Orleans. New but it's like they're not a contender contender. They're a contender for the playoffs. They're not a But they're not an NBA title contender. Yeah. Melo's trying to get but, a ring. But no one no one that's gonna even no one that's even in shooting distance of the <laughs> ring is gonna take on Carmelo. No, I don't think so. It's maybe Portland, but again, that's why what, would you go to Portland? Though? But again, that's what, yeah, he wouldn't, and that's no, he's not, he doesn't want to live in Portland. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just all the places that you know. It'd be cool if you went to like Atlanta with with. Well, we Vince. tried that, and they didn't, and he didn't want to yeah, be there. Yeah, or if you went to any of those places with the younger team, you know. It'd be cool for him to play the big brother role, but he's not going to. No, he's just not that kind of guy. The Jazz don't want to mess up what they got going on. I don't think the Pacers want to mess up what they got going on. Nope. Um, obviously, all the really good teams, you know. Philly probably doesn't want yeah, to go Philly, anywhere near him. Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, doesn't Boston need him. Toronto, none of those teams are going to do it. No. Maybe go play with D-Wade. That could be cool. But, like I said, it's not a contender. So, basically, he's just going to go play in the biggest city that will have him. Like, and – He's probably gonna ride the bench. No, it's terrible. I hate. I hate it. This is very, very unfortunate. It's just a terrible like. People were saying way to end the career. People were saying he should go to the big three, and Ice Cube was like, "No, he belongs in the NBA." Yeah, the big three. God. I mean, he can still play. It's just he's a weird fit for everybody now. Yeah, he he because he wants shots. He and, never really adapted to where the NBA was going. Well, he just didn't adapt to his role in the NBA. Well, exactly. He wants to put up. The, he wants. He doesn't know what to do. Like, just catch the ball and pass it to the next guy. Like, that just doesn't. It's not his instincts. And he brings nothing on defense. He can't. He, yeah, he, that too. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Um, um, we can move on to whichever one you want to go with. Um. All right. Let's do this one, and then we'll we'll talk about the next one. Okay. Today, January twenty sixth, or excuse me. Today, January 22nd, 2019, is the 13th anniversary of Kobe Bryant's 81-point game. Nobody has since scored above 70, which was Devin Booker, I believe it was last year, right? Yeah. Last season. Devin Booker got 70. Oh, yeah, that a lot. <laughs> Will anyone ever score 81 points again? Or more than 81 points, and if so, who will it be? Well, anyone in the NBA today score 81. I mean, because I think of it, obviously in the history, there's got in sometime in the future. No, yeah, I'm talking. No, we're talking about someone NBA. in the NBA right now. Somebody's name that's on a roster right now. Um, I just don't think anyone's gonna do it. I don't think anybody can do it. I don't think. No, I think people can do it. Um, but I just don't think it's gonna happen. You'd you'd really have to go for it at this point. Uh, because I think you'd have to be, you know, people like uh, Ant Davis and Devin Booker have opportunities because they're like Kobe in the sense that they're the team. You know, yeah, what I mean? they're the Whereas only like option. The guys that have the phys like the actual ability in their game, Durant, James Harden, Steph Curry, they they won't they, they won't, they won't be able to. They don't need to. They they. They probably won't look. James Harden might go for it though. Yeah, this James, year James Harden could do it, but he'll probably he, just do it. A, he's on a good team. He's still like he'll probably do it all from the free throw line too. You know, uh, I think James Harden's number one, but the the guy that, I'd put no, 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 no. Stop right there. KD has a better chance than James Harden. Uh, just because of James Harden's like how he plays. nobody can guard KD's shot. No, I know, but I th I think there's guys that have a better chance than KD. I just don't think KD. Would would do it? Would well, go for it even if it was in shooting distance. And like James Harden, I just think would go for it. KD would also never get the opportunity to do it on the yeah. Warriors. But here's the guy that I want to throw in. I haven't said yet. It's Clay Thompson. Clay could easily do it. Clay is someone that's so efficient with how he can. You know, what he did last night was unreal. Ten in a row. The first ten. Yeah, his first ten. He finished ten of eleven, but Doesn't first matter. ten from three. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably he so, would probably score eighty one points on maybe so six dribbles. I have a list of six guys that can do it. Three of them are warriors. Okay, you want me to guess? Well no, I already said Steph Curry and Steph Steph Curry, Clay and, and K D. No, well, I was talking about the other I, I was gonna say the whole six. Well I've said them all. 
Oh, all right, fine. Ant, James Harden, D-Book. Ant, James Harden, D-Book, Clay, Steph, KD. Yeah, I think they all have okay. the ability to score. Um, I'll, but like, I'll you give know, you those. I think KD is like LeBron, where it's like, yes, he could like physically do it if like one game he sets inside, like, <laughs> I'm just going to try to do it. But I just think because of the type of players they are, they don't need to prove anything. Yeah. I just don't think they would. Whereas like Harden, Curry, Clay, D-Book, Ant, if they look up and they're at 60, they might keep going. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, when Devin Booker had was going to get 70 in Boston, they started fouling so he could get 70. He for sure was going for it. Yeah, That's he, why oh, he's for got, sure. You know, he's got the ability. Uh, do you remember where you were when uh, Kobe dropped 81? Did no. you watch the game? No. Well, no, I mean, no. It was on the NBA TV or whatever. Oh, yeah. No, I watched the game live. No, no. Well, yeah, because you got the local channels. Like, yeah. No, no one, you know, if you were out of yeah, market. Yeah, no, it wasn't It wasn't a nationally televised game. I, I remember uh, I remember seeing, um, seeing it for the first time and just thinking it was like a mistake. It was. Yeah, it I, was, wa- I watched the game from jump ball to the final It was five overtimes buzzer. or something. It was just like, how'd this happen? You know what I mean? He scored 55 points in the second I half. I remember. But do you, what, did you show me the Dirk comment? Uh, Dirk, Dirk's comment on the 81? What did he say? Uh, I believe, um, man, I forget who told me this, but I wish I had the, the, uh, like the exact quote. But basically, Dirk said that when he got the box score, he thought um, it was a typo and that kobe scored 18 points <laughs> so he didn't he didn't acknowledge it at all that's so funny. so he just like went on and then people explained to him later it was like no uh, he scored 81 points. that he actually scored 81 points dirk just combed over it well thought. because three weeks, like oh he must have had 18 three weeks prior kobe had 63 and three quarters and at the end yeah. of the third quarter the Mavs yeah. had 62 yeah think of all those curry games though that he sat in the fourth how many like he def curry definitely would have gotten in the 60s for sure, uh, maybe seventies. Yeah, if they back, weren't forty-point blowouts. Those those games when th- that seventy-three and nine year and that year before that. Like, yeah. Whew. All right, the next topic you wanted to talk about was yeah. um, a legend had. It's a bigger. It's a. It's a. It's a it's, comment. It's it's a bigger conver- conversation than what the actual comment was. Yeah, it's not about Zion. No, not at all. Well, yeah, he's just part. He's just the comment. But Scottie Pippen said that he thinks Zion should just shut it down at Duke and start preparing for the draft. Uh, that's kind of just a, a shortened version of the quote. I mean, so Zion's already come out and said that he was like, no, I'm not going to do no, that. No, he's not going to do that. Uh, and, and no one thinks he's going to do that. But I agree with Pippen. I think he should. I think anyone that's like, a, you know, him and it, and R.J. Barrett and uh, Nazir Little from North Carolina mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, some of these big-time players, you know, it's like if you get through college and you're halfway through the season, you see your stocks uh, in the top five. It's like shut it down. You should shut it down. What do you? You don't owe the school anything. Uh, I think you know you're just playing for pride at that point. You you know you said you'd play for them, so you will type of <laughs> shit. I guess. Yeah, I mean, but it's like you know, coaches some, break their promises all the time. There's some there's some guys um, that like you know that's not a good idea. You know, if you still have stock to gain or anything like that or if you're a small school guy like the the kid from uh uh was it moorhead state or or something oh john morant yeah yeah yeah. uh you know he like shouldn't do it because he still can gain a lot and and if you shut it down he could lose stock but it's like absolutely i think zion should should do that obviously he won't but um LeBron came out with a documentary about this, and it's uh, it's on HBO Go, I think. Yep. It's called Student Athlete, and the title just sums it up perfectly. It's a billion-dollar industry where the athletes pay f- play for free. Yeah. I mean, you get no insurance um, for your play at Duke. Uh, Duke doesn't give you anything. Uh, they're basically all th- – they give you the opportunity to play in front of – play on the big stage so scouts – can, can come see, see you play. That's like what they give you. They do give you that. I give they give you, you the recognition. But la- uh, there was a quote by NCAA early last year that said, in 2017, they made a billion dollars for the first time in the, just the one year. And so now they're now they're considered a billion-dollar market every year. 
They make a billion dollars a year. That's crazy. Um, and these, you know, and Zion is trying to play for a twenty million dollar contract, um, and he could lose everything if if stuff was, you know, to go wrong. Um, it's just something to talk about, something to look for in the future, and uh, hopefully it gets rid of the the age rule because. He's obviously ready to play it. Why is he playing at Duke? Why is he not in the NBA? Yeah, that's that's really the conversation that it you really get into is the the one and done rule and what needs to be done about that. And I've always said that I am a huge proponent to being able to jump straight from high school to the NBA and Duke, as soon as you're 18. And Duke gave him the opportunity. They gave him the opportunity to show he has nothing left to prove. No. If he stopped playing today and healthy, he could have stopped playing at 16. But but it's like if he stopped playing today and he was healthy, no NBA scout is going to take. He is not going to drop off the number one. No, it would you know it, yeah if he comes and has a bad workout and a bad combine, but he's not going to do that. What and that's not going to that's not dictated on if he's at Duke or not. Right, exactly. Uh, you know, and there's it's just going to be interesting to see. Darius Basley is a kid that. You know, he's should be a, a, a freshman right now at Syracuse, I believe, is where he committed. Mm-hmm. Um, but he chose to just train for a year. He, he was um, the kid who, who and New assigned, Balance gave the internship and it, to. And he got, he got a, a deal from New Balance. Um, so, he, you know, he's being paid. He's, he's secure. He has a little bit of insurance for him and his family. Just in case something goes wrong. Just in case something goes wrong. He's not at a, you know, at a university that's taking advantage of him. And you know, I don't know. I don't know what his draft stock was before and what it is now. But you know, it'll be interesting to see where he goes in the draft. Yeah, and for if sure. this process really hurt him, or if he shows up to the combine and plays with and everybody. he's ready. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, listen the the NBA prospects, and those don't just include college kids these days because of the exposure that high school athletes get now yeah i mean mikey mikey williams you know the eighth grader that's kind of blowing up and changing the game yeah uh it's like these kids are ready to go um they're they're freakishly talented at a young age there should be no restrictions uh, outside of maybe a high school diploma or a ged you know shit that's basic 18 years of age that's it and you know even that to an extent you know it's like if he graduates high school and he he's good enough to play, well, and he's yeah. If he know, graduates high school and he's seventeen, a lot, a that's lot fine. Of, yeah, a lot of uh, you know, in Europe, if you're good enough to play, you can play. It should it there shouldn't be such tough rules um, on all this because kids are kids are getting better younger. I agree. All right, so we got the All Star game coming up mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks. Yeah, if you were to vote. Yeah. for your starters in yeah. the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. Who are you voting for? I did vote. You did vote. I so did who vote. did you vote for? Well, I voted for Lonzo Ball. was definitely like... Attaboy. One I wanted always throw in my favorites. Uh, and I also try to get in the guys that like I think deserve it that may not get in, like mm-hmm. give them the votes. But yeah. um, I did vote James Harden because I think he's the MVP, so I have to vote the MVP in. Yeah. And I just remember like it was like Iverson's like third year. And he was averaging 30 and didn't make the all-star yeah. team. And I just thought, that's so fucked. <laughs> um, and then my my three fr- front court for the West was um, Ant, because I think he's deserving. Jokic, right. because I think he's deserving. Right. Um, and then Donkic. Ooh. Just to fuel the fire. Even though he's <laughs> getting the votes, he really doesn't need the vote from me. Yeah. Uh, but he's so much fun to watch. And he's such he's going to be he's such a bright star for the league. He's going to be a stud for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh for me for the West, I didn't get the chance to vote, but that's okay. Uh it's if, easy to vote now. You can do it on Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. Uh but if I were to vote, uh I'd probably vote for Stefan Harden, uh as the as the guards. Yep. And then uh for my front court, uh A D, K D and Jokic. No Lakers. No Lakers. Damn, how did I get to vote for any Lakers? I don't know. I thought you were going to go just the whole young death squad. That'd be tight. But just vote all the Lakers. No, you try to give the people. Uh, yeah. So you had Jokic in there? Yeah, I had Jokic, I had AD, I had Harden, Steph, and KD. Paul George is probably the one that, like, looking back at it, I wish I would have voted for over, like, a Donkic, mm-hmm. you know? Because I think Paul George is deserving because of his 
he's getting defensive player of the year. Yeah. You know, type of whispers. And obviously we know what he can do at offense. So um, that's probably the one change I would make. Yeah. Um, All right. For the Eastern Conference. First off, the Eastern Conference I made. Um, like the, I had like three guys I wanted to vote for right off the bat. You know what okay. I mean? It was Lonzo was the first well, one of them. And the other two were Dwayne Wade and Vince Carter. <laughs> okay. So I um, one of my guards was Dwayne Wade. Nice. Um, and I think he's going to get it. He should. I, I'm a big fan of um, getting the old guys to start, even though a lot of there's a lot of people on the other side of the fence. Um, and then I also voted for Vince as one of my front court players. Have to. Um, also for nostalgia reasons. But my guard, this was the guy I just think that deserves it. Maybe doesn't get all the votes. But Lowry. Uh, Kyle Lowry and D Wade were my two guards. Um, okay, I just think Kyle Lowry's went through a lot um, the last year. Yeah, he has you been know, through a lot. Um, he's always been questioned as a star and always produced, um, and it's always kind of he's always been added with another player. And now I think that he's shown you know versatility as a star, playing with multiple guys. Yeah. All right, for me, it would be Kyrie and Ben Simmons in the in the backcourt. Yeah. And then my front court would be Quad Leonard, Joel Embiid, and Giannis. So I had Giannis, uh, Vince, and Miles Turner. Okay. And Miles Turner was like, like I said, kind of like my uh, uh, Paul George. Yeah. You know, I just like that he's he's in the defensive player of the year mix. He's he's producing on offense, and I think that the Pacers deserve an All Star. I think most likely it'll be Oladipo. Um, but I think Oladipo could get a reserve role this year. But Oladipo, but uh, you know Turner to me, I think is the one that deserves it from the Pacers. Yeah, Giannis is going to get there. Harden is going to get there. Those were kind of just like the off- Ant is obviously going to get there. So yeah. But all right, last topic, uh, kind of a fun one. Yep. Uh, it's more of a what if situation. Mm-hmm. What team do you think uh, is a bigger like what if? team like who which team had more what what could have happened yeah what team had more potential if that that team would have stayed together now i've looked at i've tried to look at this a couple different ways um because they're from two different eras yes basically we're going with Shaq and penny and the magic and then kd russ and harden with the thunder yeah Specifically, probably we'll just pull 95 and 2011 to the side. Yes. Because those are the years they both went to the finals. Basically went to the finals prematurely. Very I, prematurely. I think both of them were on on that path and got there sooner than maybe even thought. Yeah. Um, so didn't necessarily perform well when they when they had their chance. No. You didn't get to see the best version. No. I mean, you uh, definitely didn't get to see the best version of uh okc because now kd russ and harden all have mvp trophies yeah yeah so that's like to me the biggest what if is the thunder because yeah. three mvps on one team is just uh drafted in consecutive years yeah i mean draft durant next year draft russell next year draft harden and don't forget jeff green was a part of that team as well yeah in a and there and i'm but we're talking the big dogs here right but i'm talking about homegrown talent yeah that was a yeah. part of that team yeah yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff Green, and uh, but uh, those three MVPs is definitely makes it the biggest what if. The thing is with Shaq and Penny, what was tough was because KD, Russ, and Harden. I think they would have went on to win ch- a championship or two. Probably they might have been the stigma to the to the Warriors up three one on them, you know, yeah. without Harden. Um, but Shaq and Penny just in the late nineties, if they would have been able to stay together, uh, all those Kobe and Shaq championships, I you know. It would the big what if for uh, Shaq and Penny is if would they have stayed together, and could they have beaten the Bulls with with Jordan coming back because they fell apart basically while like, Jordan was playing baseball. But the no, well they were good while he was playing baseball. Yeah. They beat him in the playoff series that he came back. Right, the year That's he right. came back. That's right. Um, but he didn't play like that whole season. He only played a little bit. Um, and then that next year, that's when they kind of fell that's apart. That's when the three-peat the, started, though. The first year of the three-peats went the, the last year three-peat. of Shaq and Petty. Um, yeah, so I don't it's like they would have had to get through those three years. But if Shaq and Penny could have stayed together through the three years, I don't know. They would have had a run where, you know, I don't know if the Jazz and well, the, and, the Jazz and, and one of those the, three years the Spurs. Was the, one of those three years, though, was the 72-10 and 10 team. 
No, that's what I'm saying. If if they could get through those three years, so say the Bulls win those three, but Shaq and Penny stayed we're, together. Yeah, and we're in the Eastern Conference Finals every time. Or or yeah, they they were there. They were in the mix. Um, that's where it was like. That's where they could be a bigger what if is if they made it through those three Jordan years. Yeah, but they because then it's like the Spurs, the Jazz, the 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 late. The, obviously, Kobe and Penny wouldn't be the 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 same threat. Yeah. Those teams that that kind of down era for for the league, I yeah, they think they would have been able to dominate, and they would have been in their Shaq and Penny's prime years, their late twenties to early thirties. You know, they could have had a window where they're five, six straight. You know, championship contention. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I have to agree with you. OKC is, I think it's the probably one of the biggest what ifs in NBA history. Probably in sports history. I mean, it's it's we, rare that. I, no one's ever drafted three straight MVPs. Yeah. I don't have to do the research on that. There's no possible way. And they won them all consecutively. Yeah, and they and they just they drafted them consecutively. It's just like bang, bang, bang. You hit it three years in a row. Yeah. Um, well, no, they didn't, KD didn't win his consecutively with Russ and Harden's. Yeah, it's – I mean, regardless, just three, three, the, three guys that are arguably three of the, probably the top five – Ten players in the league. Yeah, I say, I say it all the time. This is one of the that era of OKC is my most awaited thirty for thirty. Yeah, it'll be a good one to come out. So, but yeah, that that about does it for for this episode of the TSK show. You got a shout out before we get out of here, TP? I do. I got a big one. I'm super excited for this. Uh, Kellen Moore, um, the quarterback coach for the Dallas Cowboys, has been named the OC. For the Cowboys now, ah, he's nice not, promotion. He's not going to be the play caller. Jason Garrett will remain the play caller, but I'm just trying to give all Cowboys fans attention to this <laughs> name, Kellen Moore, because I think he's the future. Um, he's big time. I believe in this guy a lot. I met this kid when I was in high school. Um, I went to three different camps with him in the uh, in the summer of 2006. Damn. Um, where one I where one of them I was with him a lot. Spent a lot of time with him, and this was the smartest football mind I've ever come in contact with. <laughs> I mean, this kid could break down NFL film in high school. Wow. Uh, he was always meant to be a coach. His dad was a coach. His dad coached his high school for 23 years, won 21 league titles. Jesus. Uh, four state championships. Kellen ended high school with you know every accolade you could possibly have. All-time leader in touchdowns. All-time leader in passing yards top two uh passing touchdown seasons ever he has all these accolades Mo division one college football most wins ever as a starter went 50 and three at boise Jeez. state um but he wasn't necessarily built to to play you know he's six feet tall he's not super athletic he wasn't built to be a quarterback but he's got the mind he has the mind more than anyone could possibly understand this is why he was the backup over Dak and actually broke his ankle um which in turn got ended his career ended his career and got Dak going yeah uh because tony got hurt and Dak ends up starting you know uh i'm excited for the cowboys i'm excited for kellen moore uh definitely shout him out all right shout out kellen moore and then uh my shout out is the baseball hall of fame announced its newest class uh of enshrinees earlier today mariano rivera of the yankees obviously probably are the greatest closer of all time uh, was the first unanimous selection in the history of definitely, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Definitely in our lifetime, for sure. Well, no, it's in the, the pitch, history. In the pitching era, for sure. Yeah. Um, as well as late uh, the late Roy Halladay, former pitcher for most notably the Toronto Blue Jays and the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, Mike Mussina, former Yankees pitcher uh, during the great early 2000s uh, run that the Yankees had. Yeah. And then... Of course, yeah. the DH, yeah. Edgar Martinez. First one ever, right? I believe it, not the first DH ever, but. No? No, it might be the first DH ever. I think you might be, I, I don't know. Regar I know Edgar, though. Yeah. I, I mean, being from Seattle, he was like the only bright spot on that team for so many years after all the stars left. Yeah. Um, he's He's got his own street in Seattle. Oh, that's the cool. stadium's on Edgar Martinez Way or Drive or whatever the fuck it is. I didn't know that. Yeah, Safeco Field is on that's Edgar Martinez. Cool. Just like uh, just like Staples is on Chickern Court. 
at, and Dodger Stadium. Vince Scully Avenue. Yeah, so Edgar Martinez is in that group. <laughs> that's I mean, pretty that's, crazy. That's where they that's where they put him. Um, you know, not Ken Griffey Jr., not Alex Rodriguez, not Randy Johnson, not Felix, not Ichiro's. You know, yeah, no, none of these guys. Him, him. He was he was with our team the whole run. He we saw him as a youngster, saw him as an old man hitting balls out there. <laughs> um, he he was just always a fan favorite. Everybody loved Edgar. He's a great he's a great guy. I actually had the chance to meet him in like 2007. Oh, that's cool. Um, working at a, a a restaurant out in, uh, um, well, you you won't know, but it's Union Washington, small, okay. small town. No, I have no idea where that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like a getaway place. But uh, he okay. he was out there. He was super nice to everybody. Nice. So yeah, that's that's cool that he's uh, he's in the hall. But yeah, so Mariano Rivera, Roy Halladay, Mike Mussina, Edgar Martinez all received 75 percent or more of the votes required to be inducted. So shout out to all four of those legends uh, headed to Cooperstown. Yep, good shit. But with that, that wraps up this episode of the TSK Show. Don't forget you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword TSK Show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We are also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show or download the Anchor app for your iPhone or Android. We appreciate you all so much for listening. And I know we said last week that we were going to start our five-part series of ranking the top 10 players at each position in the NBA. But because of my hand injury, we're going to have to postpone that till next week. Uh, but next week we got the Super Bowl preview. We got the top 10 point guards in the NBA, yep, and we got a whole good. bunch more coming next week. Pretty good one. So stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace. Later.